0: Welcome to the Compliance Plus Ethics Equals Integrity podcast, featuring Barry Dunn healthcare professionals and expert guests discussing their insights into contemporary as well as perennial healthcare regulatory, revenue integrity, general compliance, and risk management topics. My name is Robin Hoffman. I'm a senior manager at Barry Dunn. I am pleased to be joined by my colleague Natalie Laman, who's a manager. And we are truly honored to be joined by a guest, Teresa O'Doherty. Teresa is an advanced practice registered nurse, and she serves as the chief executive officer of Precision Care LLC. Precision Care offers after hours on-call coverage and inbox management services for accountable care organizations and PACE programs and Precision Care has been a valued Barry Dunn client since 2022. The title of our podcast is Complying with Medicare Rules for Annual Wellness Visits and Telehealth. This podcast is for you if your organization is a Medicare participating primary care provider, or if you find complying with Medicare's documentation rules for initial preventive physical exams annual wellness visits, and telehealth to be challenging, or if any of your claims for these types of services have ever been audited by a Medicare Administrative Contractor, or MAC. Before we get into our discussion, a quick disclaimer. The content we discuss in this podcast is based on our professional experience advising healthcare providers, facilities, and other organizations engaging Barry Dunn for compliance and other services. While we may reference specific government programs, Medicare and Medicaid policies, and regulatory guidance, we do not speak for any government agency or contractor, nor do we have the authority to do so. Nothing in this podcast should be considered legal advice, Anyone seeking legal advice on the subjects we discuss should consult their own attorney. Natalie and I are very honored to be joined by family nurse practitioner Teresa O'Doherty. Teresa is a retired Army non-commissioned officer and a decorated combat veteran. On behalf of Barry Dunn, we thank you for your service to our country, Teresa. Might you share with our listeners some of your experience in providing face-to-face and telehealth care
1: to seniors? Thank you, Robin. A little more about me is I've been a nurse practitioner for over 13 years, and I am multi-state licensed. In this capacity, I've cared for patients in a variety of settings, including federally qualified health centers and I was an assistant medical director and successfully launched a school-based health center. I still provide care within these federally qualified health centers. I worked as an oncology, gynecology, and general surgery nurse practitioner, primary care and urgent care settings, substance abuse, and I'm the founding CEO of Precision Care. We work with ACO organizations and PACE programs, which is a program of all-inclusive care here in the state of Massachusetts. I have been working with these organizations since 2017 and very well versed in caring for patients who need their annual wellness visits. We do this because we understand that it's very complicated when we are trying to meet all the requirements of the regulations regarding caring for this population.
0: Thank you, Teresa. Natalie, might you highlight for our listeners what Medicare's requirements are for an initial preventive physical exam? Sure.
2: So the IPPE is known as the Welcome to Medicare visit. To be reimbursed, this has to be performed within the first 12 months of the patient's Part B eligibility date. There are nine components of the IPPE. These include the patient's medical and social history, potential depression risk factors, functional ability and safety level, a physical exam that includes height, weight, BMI, blood pressure, visual acuity, and other factors that are deemed medically necessary. The next component is end-of-life planning, review of current opioid prescriptions, and screening for substance use disorder. And finally, the last two components include education or counseling based on previous components
0: and any referrals for other preventative
2: services.
0: That is a lot to be included in that visit. And I wanted to let our listeners know that when you go to the Barry Dunn site, when we post this podcast, we will provide you with links to the federal requirements for an IPPE as well as an annual wellness visit, plus the regulations that pertain to telemedicine. So, Natalie, regarding the IPPE, isn't there a one-time benefit limit on billing Medicare for that specific service? And doesn't the IPPE have a unique G, as in G, government code for billing? That's correct. So, CMS pays
2: for one patient IPPE per lifetime, which, as I said before, no later than the first 12 months after the patient's Part B benefits are eligible. The service is billed with the HixPix code G04402. And if providers are working out of an FQHC, the HixPix code is G0468.
0: Thanks so much for differentiating those two for our listeners, Natalie. I'm wondering, Natalie, with respect to the IPPE, Is this a service that can be provided to a Medicare beneficiary via telehealth or does the IPPE require a face-to-face encounter?
2: This is a service that is actually
0: required to be done face-to-face and telehealth is not allowed. Thank you. Again, that welcome to Medicare, it's really important for clinicians to understand that this particular visit does need to be done face-to-face. So, Teresa, you have had vast experience in documenting clinical care across major electronic health record systems, including Athena, CPRS, Epic, eClinicalWorks, and NextGen. Do you have any tips for our listeners with respect to the setup of templates for IPPEs so that all of these Numerous Medicare documentation requirements can be addressed efficiently during the course of the visit?
1: Yes, Robin. I have an actual hard copy template because I started this a very long time ago with lots of cross outs and lots of corrections as things go on over the years. And when I initially start working within a particular electronic medical record, I create a template with that. And that way, I'm ready to go moving forward. And periodically, I check to make sure there hasn't been anything that has changed since I started to create this template. And I'm happy to share that with anyone in the organization that requests it, because it is a large undertaking to build this into your new medical record.
0: That's incredibly generous. Thank you so much, Teresa, for for making that offer. Now we're going to pivot from the IPPE to the annual wellness visit, or uh, AWV. It's alphabet soup, as we all say here in healthcare. So, Natalie, I'm wondering if you can remind our listeners for an annual wellness visit, what are the requirements for that type of service?
2: Sure. So the AWV has a lot of the same components as the IPPE, but with a few additions. The biggest difference is the health risk assessment. And this includes a review of demographic data, a health status self-assessment by the patient, psychosocial risks, um, including depression, life satisfaction, stress, anger, loneliness, among others. It also includes a review of behavioral risks that includes tobacco and alcohol use, motor vehicle safety, and home safety. The final piece of the risk assessment is a review of the patient's activities of daily living and instrumental activities of daily living. So what does that mean? It includes how well can the patient dress themselves, use the toilet, how are they grooming themselves, can they use a phone, housekeeping, can they manage their medications on their own, among others. The AWV includes a component for the provider to establish a written screening schedule
0: for the patient that covers the next five to 10 years. Thank you so much. And this particular service, doesn't it have a unique G-code as well for billing purposes? And how frequently can a clinician offer an annual wellness visit to a Medicare-enrolled person?
2: Right, so there are three different AWV codes. The first is for the initial annual wellness visit, and that's used, uses Hickspix code G0438. Any subsequent AWV, and as we said, annual, so the next following year, um, is billed with the G0439. And like the IPPE, if the service is rendered in an
0: FQHC, it is reported using G0486. Thanks so much. And with respect to both of these unique services, Natalie, weren't there some new documentation requirements that had been added in to the regulations in 2015 and in 2020. And because of the type of auditing work that you do for Barry Dunn with our clients, Natalie, I'm wondering, have you observed that the addition of these requirements, has that posted en- posed any additional documentation challenges for clinicians? Yes,
2: oftentimes when we review these services and audits, the the review of opioids is actually the most common component missing from the documentation. So we often suggest a simple template fix that could go a long way for providers to remember to address all of these components during the visit.
0: Thanks very much, because if you get audited and you don't have that that's a ding, right? Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and and I'm wondering, Natalie, does Medicare permit a patient to receive the annual wellness visit via telehealth, or does that also have to be provided in a face-to-face manner?
2: The annual wellness visit is on the list of approved telehealth codes. In fact, it can be performed using audio only if the patient does not have video capabilities
0: okay that's that's an important differentiator, if you will, between the initial visit and the annual wellness visit so thank you for for offering that information and teresa you you have provided these types of services you provide telehealth services to seniors as well as you provide face-to-face encounters. And I'm wondering whether you have any pointers or, or words of wisdom for our listeners who are clinicians who are conducting an annual wellness visit via telehealth.
1: Thank you, Robin. Absolutely. First, I would say expect this to take a lot longer than a typical visit. Given the components that Natalie just listed out, it really does take a while to um, to do these visits and do them correctly. And you need to ensure that the patient is tech savvy enough so that way they could use the video visits, which is preferred in my practice, though you can do the audio audio visit as well. Um, In addition to that, you have to make sure you have your equipment and your applications set up and ready to go, have your template put in place prior to starting the visit and have an area Where you're conducting the visit, that's free of background noise, distractions, all those sort of things during the visit. And you have to have the patient use two identifiers to confirm who they are to ensure compliance with HIPAA and to ask if the patient has a private location. And actually, telehealth in Massachusetts, we need to know where the patient is located. So you have to make a note of patients at home or at a family member's home, something like that. You need to note the time of the start of the visit and the end of the, the end of the visit so that way the time is also in there and that the patient has agreed to do a telehealth visit um these are important factors for billing purposes um and if there's any additional persons in the room whether it's an interpreter or a family member to assist the um, the patient that also needs to be documented in the note and you need to first introduce yourself what the visit will include And follow your template because if you don't do that, these areas will probably be missed. You know, like Natalie said, the opiate area is, is a very common. I've even seen it and I have it actually in bold when I put my, when I have my template, I have it highlighted so that way I don't forget. And if there's any acute findings found and identified during the visit, we have to ensure that appropriate follow up is made after that telehealth visit.
0: Thanks. That's really comprehensive information. Greatly appreciated. So as we're wrapping up our conversation today, I would like to invite Natalie and Teresa to offer our listeners either your top two or maybe top three recommendations for promoting compliance with Medicare requirements for IPPEs, as well as annual wellness visits and services that are provided by a telehealth. So Natalie, I'll I'll ask you if you might start off?
2: Sure. So I would suggest to providers and compliance officers to review the CMS's MLN on IPPEs and AWVs. It's such a great resource. Um, And I would also use this to spot check documentation to make sure all your requirements are in the medical record.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. And Teresa, would you share with our listeners what your top recommendations might be?
1: First, be very organized, because there's a lot that you have to go through. Um, And that's including the, you know, depression screenings, anxiety screen, all those different screening um, forms that you may need. Uh, You need to have those right at the ready, because it is it is something that can be missed. Um, And also back to the template, which comes from the CMS guidelines, right, with all these components. And also the second thing would be to really identify and understand who would be appropriate for this type of a visit. If you're conducting an annual wellness visit and it's not going the way in which you would expect, you can then at that point convert it to an in-person visit. It doesn't need to be done today. You know, it has to be done annually. So you can then say, you know, we're going to complete this visit in person and set it up for a different time because both of both the patient and and whomever's present with the patient and the provider, we need to make sure we're getting the appropriate information so that we can identify things in which we might be able to um, make a plan to help a patient moving forward.
0: Excellent, and that's a classic example of putting the patient first, putting the patient's needs first, and that goes hand-in-glove with compliance, if you ask me. That's even more important, so thank you for reinforcing that. So, I would like to thank you for sharing your insights, Natalie and Teresa. We've reached the conclusion of today's discussion about complying with Medicare rules for annual wellness visits and telehealth. When visiting Barry Dunn's website to access this podcast, please note that we will post the regulations and some of these tools that we've talked about that will be helpful to you in your compliance and in your clinical practice, everyone. So on behalf of the Healthcare Practice Group, we thank you for listening to this episode of Barry Dunn's Health Insights compliance plus ethics equals integrity podcast. We welcome our listeners' questions and feedback about the ideas we discussed in this episode, as well as suggestions for topics we should consider developing for future episodes. Many thanks.